You are now tuned into the Wake the Flock Up Network. It's like, how do you tell somebody how it feels to be in love? How are you going to tell anybody who has not been in love how it feels to be in love? You cannot do it to save your life. You can describe things, but you can't tell them. But you know it when it happens. Welcome to Popular Nobody. We don't care if you're famous. Just make sure what you create. It's fly as fuck. What is this? Greetings, world. My name is Ariano. We on the way to Flock Up Network. This is Popular Nobody Podcast 3. We got A-plus of the hieroglyphics. I ain't happy. But right now. I'm glad I got sunshine in a bag. Let's turn this up. But not for Gorillas. Long, the future. Featuring Dell. Let's go. I ain't happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on. It's coming yeah, on, let's go. Finally, someone let me out of my cage Now, time for me is nothing cause I'm counting no A's Nah, I couldn't be there Nah, you shouldn't be scared I'm good at repairs And I'm under each snare Intangible Bet you didn't think so I command you to Panoramic view Look, I'll make it all manageable Pick and choose Sit and lose All you different crews Chicks and dudes Who you think is really kicking tunes Picture you getting down in a picture too Like you lit the fuse You think it's fictional? Mystical? Maybe Spiritual hero who appears in you to clear your view yeah. when you're too crazy Lifeless to those with definition for what life is Priceless to you because I put you on the hype shit You like it? Gunsmoke, you're righteous with one talk You're psychic among no possess you with one go I'm feeling glad I got sunshine In a bag I'm useless not for long, the future is coming on I'm feeling glad I got sunshine In a bag, I'm useless But not for long, the future is coming on It's coming on, it's coming on It's coming on, it's coming on The essence, the basics Without it, you make it Allow me to make this Child like a nature, rhythm, you have it or you don't, that's a fallacy, I'm in them. Every sprouting tree, every child of peace, every cloud and sea, you see with your eyes and see destruction and demise, corruption in the skies from this fucking enterprise. Now I'm sucked into your lives through rust, so not as muscles, but percussion to provide for me as a guide. 
Y'all can see me now cause you don't see with your eye You perceive with your mind, that's the inner So I'ma stick around with Russ and be a mentor Bust a few rounds so motherfuckers remember what the thought is I brought all this so you can survive when law is lawless Feeling sensations that you thought was dead No squealing, remember that it's all in your head Hey, it happened, I'm feeling glad I got sunshine In a bag, I'm useless Not for long, the future is coming out Hey, it I'm feeling glad I got sunshine In a bag, I'm useless Not for long, my future is coming on It's coming on, it's coming on It's coming on, it's coming on My future is coming on It's coming on, it's coming on It's coming on, it's coming on My future is coming on It's coming on, it's coming on It's coming on, it's coming on My future is coming on It's coming on, it's coming on My future is coming on It's coming on, it's coming on My future is coming on It's coming on, it's coming on My future Welcome to Pop Living Nobody Yes, this is Popular Nobody Podcast 3, what's up world, what's up Japan, what's up Argentina, what's up Boston, what's up Anaheim, we got a great show today, or tonight, Whenever and wherever you're listening to this, this is popular, nobody. We've got A plus of the hieroglyphics. We did a phone in interview. We're going to be talking about the contribution that the Bay Area has done for hip hop and just the independent music scene in general. There's a lot going on in the world right now. Popular, nobody. A lot going on in hip hop. We are all connected. We're gonna go into some of the history, connect the past to the future. Once again, this is Popular Nobody Podcast 3. Big ups to Concept 714. The Wake the Flock Up Network. I appreciate everybody joining this movement, taking the time to listen. I don't have the answers, but I do have some questions. Right now, let's get into our exclusive interview with A+. This is Papa to Nobody, y'all. Welcome to Popular Nobody. We don't care if you're famous. Just make sure what you create is fly as fuck. Greetings world, this is Ariana. Episode 3, Popular Nobody. I am here with A plus of hieroglyphics. Souls of Mischief. What's up brother, how are you? I'm good brother, how are you doing man? I'm good, man. Thank you for your time and 
Happy to have you on the third episode of Popular Nobody. Thank um, you for having me, man. I'm appreciative. Oh, no worries, man. The main theme of this show is um, Bay, the Bay Area's influence, not only in hip-hop, but independent music. Um, and I, I really feel like the Bay Area has really set the blueprint for independent music, and that that's been kind of followed over the past 20 years. Can you kind of touch on on your feelings on um, the movement that started years ago and, and how you feel that's kind of um, translated over to the hip-hop culture? Um, absolutely. Uh, well, what I believe is um, growing up out here, well, to start off, growing up out here, um, there's always been a lot of talent from a lot of different genres and there's a bunch of bands throughout time and, you know, it's, uh, it's been a place where there have been movements like, you know, civil rights movement, Black Panthers, the hippie movement and all different kinds of movements were all here. Um, so it's always been, um, a kind of unique place. Um, and throughout the years, there's never really, it's not a, it's not an area. The Bay Area is not a place that's like, uh, say New York or, or LA. Um, area to where they have a lot of industry there. There's a lot of it's particularly entertainment since that's what we're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. There haven't been a lot of uh, you know none of the major record labels have uh, offices here. You know or or none of the court. You know there, there's there's never been any kind of uh, in industry really deep like that. And I think that's led to the ind independent mind state out here and why people have you know, taking their talents that way, just to, you know, there's always been talented people here. It's just not the same machine to, to get it out there or, or at least being close to it. Like say, someone who, um, you know how they always talk about LA, people go down there to see if their dreams can happen. Well, people know that's where it can happen at. That's where you can make it happen if, it, it, where you would at least have an opportunity or people talking about going to New York. You know, people don't talk about going to the Bay to make their dreams of entertainment happen. Huh. You know, it just, it just doesn't, doesn't go down like that. So. You know, I think that organically led to, you know, the independent mind state and, um, and subsequently to this being, a, a, you know, like you said, the blue, blueprint or template for independent music the last few decades. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, you've got, you've got artists, I, you know, I'm going to date myself, so I'm, I'm about to be 40 here. I, I, re, I still have my black and white too short. <laughs> that I got from somebody from his crew in Oakland years ago off Telegraph Ave and um, it's you know experiences like that the e, you know E40 you know and, and then also you know watching you know somebody like Master P you know come to the Bay Area and from like, you know, an outside perspective, from my perspective, it was like him, you know, not that he didn't have a game or hustle before that, but kind of soaking up that structure and seeing how that was done and kind of taking that, that, that structure and approach, you know, back down south and then to the world. And then it's also interesting, years later now, I feel like the current model of the industry is that what you know is is what has been laid down the past 20 30 years in the bay area which is an independent self-motivated business music approach that makes sense 
Yeah, I'd I'd definitely have to agree. Um, I mean, growing up out here in in Oakland, I remember as a kid, when I was in elementary school and junior high school, um, and that's, you know, that's kind of dating myself as well. You know, I'm I'm, I'm 40, you know, so 41 actually. And uh, so I remember my, my older brother, I remember Too Short coming to the schools and selling his tapes out of his car. You know, and, and I I couldn't buy them, but my older brother would buy them. So we we had two short tapes at um at at home to listen to, and that weren't in any stores at all. And that that uh, two short doing that back in the day made him huge. He was you know he's been a uh, an old town uh, Oakland celebrity <laughs> since then. Yeah. You know before he before he had any record deal with Jive and and um was introduced to the world so um you know at a very young age we were we were kind of exposed to a do-it-yourself style of thing this uh style of movement when it came to trying to get your stuff out it was just it, it we didn't look at it as if we have to do it this way because there's no other way we just mm-hmm. looked at it as like this is how you do it out here that cause that was just go. the uh that the atmosphere um growing up out here so and, and um yeah and, and admittedly you know, Master V came down here, spent a lot of time out here. He was in Richmond, uh, mm-hmm. and you know he was going to college out here too. He was at, at Merritt College, and he yeah he admittedly soaked up the game, or you know, you know soaked up what we were doing out here and applied that template to his own hometown. And like you said, from there it spread to the rest of the world. You know that's where uh, Birdman and them got their idea to do it like that from. You know, Master P was doing it. And um, then, you know, after that, it was just countless independent companies coming out. And, uh, you know, another thing that was um, that made that such a such a viable option for artists is because, you know, the industry had those had gatekeepers at the time. You know, yeah. you had to get to the A&R person and the A&R person had a stack of cassettes and CDs, probably had somebody on his staff to, to filter through them and see which one they thought was the best, you know, some younger buck or something, you know. And um, if you didn't have a, some kind of angle getting to those gatekeepers, you didn't have you didn't stand a chance unless yeah. you were like independent, unless you went independent, you know. And um, that that became more and more of a viable option for people, especially since uh, you know the advent of modern technology with the uh, internet age and the file sharing and and P2P and everything. It just reduced the. Uh, the strength of the gatekeepers completely. Popular nobody. So anybody could be independent if they had a computer and, and subscribe, you know. Yeah, so it's uh, absolutely. So, so it's, it's, you know, it's it's a trip. You, I, I think you're right. Like the whole get down now in the industry is based off of what used to be the independent movement. Check it out. This is uh, Ariano, Popular Nobody Podcast, Episode 3. I'm with A-plus, the legendary hieroglyphic crew. We are going to take a break, bump some music. We'll be back and continue this conversation. Popular nobody. Appreciate everybody out there taking the time to listen to this interview with A-plus of hieroglyphics. My name is Ariano. This is Popular Nobody Podcast 3. Right now we are going to get into the hieroglyphics. Oakland, California. What's up, everybody? My name is Sage. You're listening to Popular Nobody, and these are my songs of the week.
everybody wants to be independent Show them how It's not a wrong thing to be addicted to the microphone like a heroin fiend I tell you one thing, you never catch me fronting As I proceed to give the people what they want You making some green, but not for glamour or fashion I'm stacking cash until I can get moms a mansion All for rapping Nah man, there's many plans like investing in land It started all from impressing the fans with brand new flows And you know, all the way from gangster clones to weirdos Who's use those? But we ain't tripping, give respect when you see this You need us or your rights underdeveloped like a fetus those that know not those, and it shows when we broke out the knock holes, hopped out they clothes. That's positive feedback. Yup, the pros are poised. We never pose, you'll never know. From 93 till infinity, we've been inventive, creating the bump. Is our only incentive, and it's been a long time since I feel I've been felt. But the only thing I fear is fear itself. So you know what we got to do? Maybe could we keep it within the groove like it should be? Never giving out, we living out our dreams. If it's something I can't live without, that's my team, you never knew. Hieroglyphics, hip hop is vintage. Underground like silos, launching long range ballistics. World renowned, we groundbreaking. Musical boundaries, running circles around them seats. To the next stage, while MCs need a stay paid. I'm still great, hey. None of that tomfoolery, as you can see, this shit ain't nothing new to me. Utterly hovering over other things material. You stuck in the here and now, but you're sweating profusely. Here's a towel. Your fears are now reality when I take your dream states and elaborate on how your team's fake. Like phony IDs, but sometimes I feel like only I see through the charade you made in today. But hey, tomorrow is played, and then they got a new fool in your place to be okay. Hieroglyphics, hip hop is vintage, invented in days back, rekindling ways that many thought was lost. In this contemporary maze of methods to floss, we find the trees and trails to blaze, boundaries to cross. We can be found beyond the bounds of reason, or earthbound, heating up the Coliseum. They rush the stage full throttle in Chicago, our brains interlock, where faking MCs get caught with the 40 bottle, or get they changed Nash Prano. We unstoppable, dropping flows in Toronto, maneuvering through Vancouver and on to Japan, where they put major grants in my hand follow straight from the heart we set apart from the rest in our perfection on the microphone was predestined world renowned we groundbreaking musical boundaries running circles around and seas I'm a whip
once again, this is Popular Nobody Podcast 3. That was the hieroglyphics. We are going to get back into our interview with A+. Welcome to Popular Nobody. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back with A+. This is Ariano, Popular Nobody Podcast 3. Um, I wanted to get back and kind of, uh, for the people listening, um, kind of explain, you know, your introduction um, with music just on a, on a personal level and then maybe your introduction to the music industry as well. Um, well, uh, as far as my introduction into music, um, my parents, uh, they're, they're both from Jamaica and they came here uh, in the early 70s and um, you know, they shortly after that had myself and my sister. Um, one of the things that they were that they really were enamored about as far as coming to America was all the different kinds of music that they were exposed to in high volume once they got here. And I grew up in, a, in an environment to where they played every single kind of music. They had favorites in every genre. And it was just, that was regular life to them. So, you know, people would come over to my house and, they, and they'd be like, dude, parents just play all kinds of stuff, you know, like everything. I mean, I can't count a genre they didn't play. And also on top of that, my mom, taught, she taught herself how to play the guitar and the piano. And she, she was already doing that by the time I was around and listening to music. We had a piano in the house, had a guitar in the house. My sister and I started taking piano lessons at a young age. And um, later in life, around I guess like seventh grade, I started getting, taking guitar lessons. And throughout that whole time, you know, the first time I ever heard hip-hop at all was 1979. My dad brought it, you know, he was like, oh, you're going to love this song. It's like, it's like people saying poems over funk beats. He, that, he described it, something like that. And he played Rapper's Delight to me. And I was just immediately hooked off of that. And so I was just had my ear to whatever kind of hip-hop I could get my hands on from that point forward and around. Uh, when the message came out, I think that was like 1982. That's when I was, I fully decided I was going to be an MC and one day I was going to be a, a rap star. <laughs> me and, too. Uh, I, that, to me, that's, that's still the most important hip hop song, <laughs> in my opinion. A, a, absolutely. You know, yeah. pe pe people have lived with hip hop so long now and, and I always tell people that um, the generation I'm in is the last generation that knew a time when there was no hip hop than there was, you know. After yeah. that, every gen every generation after that just lived with hip hop always there. So I, um, not to say that that's better or lesser, it's just a unique perspective. And you know, a kid will listen to hip hop now and just you know maybe not know the history and be like, this song is dope, and not know the exact history of how that style even came to be over the last thirty odd years or whatever. But um, to going back to the message, when I heard that song, there had never been a song like that ever. There had never been uh, a a song that descriptive. One thing about hip hop and, and rapping, the rapping aspect of hip hop, is that uh, you know songs or, or singing songs and blues and, and any kind of singing song, it's much more um, poetic. There's a you know it's, there's a vague a vagueness to it to, that that gives it, it it's a uh, you know the energy of its art. You know it's mm -hmm. just, it, it's a different kind of language. Well. Um, when hip hop came out, there had never been any kind of songs that were that straightforward and blatant, like somebody is just talking, like very descriptively. That that kind of music had never existed. 
where where it was just so cut to the chase. This is exactly what I mean. Just the message was uh, a song like that for me. I I just couldn't. Under, it was amazing to me that someone could do that in a song and paint such a vivid picture and and emote so much. You know what I mean? So yeah, show the world it. that you know social commentary. You know, was in hip hop. You know, exactly. And, and it was uh, you know it was just uh, still to this day I feel like that's what I love about hip hop is the directness. I mean, yes, you can be abstract and you can paint a paint, you know. It was a, a picture that they painted in that song, but it was also a very direct, and it was very, you know, they were they yeah. painted a picture, but they weren't cutting to the chase, you know, um, and especially at that point in time where America, well, still doesn't, but even then doesn't want to cut to the chase and just talk about things directly and honestly. That song was just powerful, you know. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, that song did it for me. I was like, I want to do that. I was, and, and granted, you know, I was already, uh, you know, fully hip hop fiended out. And back this, back at this time, uh, hip hop was not taken serious at all. And for many years after that, it was like, it, it, I remember people being like, it was because disco was kind of the thing that hip hop took out. You know, yeah. if people look at the history. Um, and uh, it, so the, the fall of disco coincided with the, the exposure of hip hop to, to the rest of the, of the nation and the rest of the world. And, but it was not taken seriously at all, except for the people who really believed that it was something special. And that was a small group back then. It, it was like people did not take hip hop serious at all. It was it was crazy. It was like a, it was like almost like a nerd club if you were really into it. Yeah. And so I, we were just anybody who loved it. You had that in common with them. You could make friends over that. You know, like oh, you listen to that stuff too. Like I literally did make friends over that. You know. Oh, I think most of my my young friends were made because I walked around with all my tapes on me. <laughs> with oh, you too. <laughs> yeah, just with with my tapes and with you know my boombox of course and. Yeah, that struck up a lot of conversations, you know. Um, and it also, you know, is the physical version of a playlist. It was, you know, showing people the different sides of you, you know what I mean? If you, yeah. if you took it like that, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. agree. Going into it later, you know, um, just from hearing the message in 82 and just deciding I was going to be an MC, that, that just was my prime focus. I mean, granted, I got... I got good grades and all of that. That was just so my dad would leave me alone. Like I'm getting my grades, let me do what I want to do. You know? <laughs> really, that's really was my motivation. I was, you know, I was I was good at school. I, that's how I got the name A plus. So it wasn't really oh. difficult for me. It was like follow these directions, learn this stuff, done, straight A. Awesome. No, no, no that's big awesome. deal. So I, I didn't I didn't really get questioned about my extra extracurricular stuff, which was hip hop. I always told people I'm gonna be a rap star one day. I'm a, I mean now I'm saying it because that's how I said it back then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm gonna be a rap star. You wait and you see. And I was like saying that all the way up, and it was still kind of a joke to people um, up until 11th grade. And then people started being like, Oh wow, man, y'all you, y'all might actually be able be able to be rap stars one day. And by that time, you know, crew had formed and stuff and. You know, we ended up putting out um, the, uh, my homeboy, Dale. Yeah, I met him in the first grade. He was in the third grade. For some reason, we just clicked. It was like hip-hop, video games, and comic books, and computers. 
because we were like the only two people, me, him, and Tajay were all, like the only three people we knew who had com personal computers. Like they just, they weren't a part of a big deal back then. They were like almost like yeah. an expensive toy that people thought was useless. But my father was a computer dude, so that's how come we have one. And for some reason, Dale had one too. <laughs> so, but anyway, so we had clicked up, me and him clicked up. And also I met Tajay and Cash in first grade too. And, um, so, you know, all, all things around, it, uh, Dale ended up by the sheer stroke of life, um, life luck for us anyway. Um, he, he ended up being Ice Cube's cousin. Like I, we, I knew Ice Cube's cousin, but then he ended up being Ice Cube, you know, and, and he was like, whenever he comes up, he's going to put Dale on. And Dale said, he, well, he's going to put me and Tajay on whenever he got on. So that was just kind of like the dream. The oh shit part was when Ice Cube was like actually came out with a record. And this is what I'm talking cool. about. This is like CIA. Well, I'm not even talking about like NWA yet. When he came out with mm -hmm. CIA, well, I was already just like, oh my gosh, your, your cousin actually did come out with an album. Oh shit. You know what I mean? So um, that just started it all off. And um, along the lines, uh, Sir Jinx, who was uh, in the group with, with um, Ice Cube, ended up like taking Dell and me and Tajay and a couple other dudes under his wing and had a little had a little crew and we were in that crew and he he um actually almost got assigned to Rufus Records back in the day it was crazy but that's a whole nother story me and Tajay as like a kid group <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> but um but uh yeah so we just kept trying and trying and trying and trying and then you know that stuff came through for Dell and Dell was like well here's your chance and, you know, we, we took good, good advantage of it and ended up putting out. He put out his first album in 1991. I was still in high school. And uh, we put out ours, and uh, we got our record deal still in high school and put out our first album in 93. And well, that's, now, that was now, my, now, real quick, that's, not, not to cut you off, but... No, you, you got so, it. So at that, at that time period, you know, it, you know it's you and Dell or, you know, you, you and the homies or whatever. Who is... Um, are you guys making tracks? Who? What? Are you guys recording demos? What? What even allows? Uh, I mean, what is heard to even get in the door? Um, and you know, and things like that. Is it? Are you making beats at that time, or what's going on well, with that? Well, well, I didn't start making beats until I want to say eighth eighth grade. That's when I first made my first beat. But um, before that, me and Tajay were a group. And Ty and Dell and this dude named Deshane was the group. Mm -hmm. And me and Tajay, we used to make songs by. I had this SK, uh, Casio SK1 keyboard that my mama got me, and we used to ha have a beat box. We used to beatbox into a bowl for like reverb and record it into a um, into a boombox <laughs> and take turns beatboxing for each other. And then I got the, the Casio, so we used to like make little beats in the Casio, but they weren't really beats, you know, you couldn't make beats in it. It just had rhythms already in it. And then after that, we made our first like real songs with Sir Jinx. Adele, it went down to, um, over the summer and went down to Southern California and came back and he was in the ninth grade, I was in the seventh, and he just had these songs and they were, he had like hell of them, like five of them. No, the first time he had two, and then he went back again, and he came back with five more. And we were like, oh, shit. And then, so we started going down there with him, and, and we recorded some songs. And this was, we would drive to L.A., you know, like I would, you know, whenever his mom was going, I'd ride down with him and 
my dad was going because he had friends down there. We'd ride down with him. It was just like some crazy shit. But they were just kind of like just letting us be happy and do stuff. But they didn't think it was going to be serious. And we just, we was making songs like that. And then when we couldn't get to LA so much, and this was like around eighth and ninth grade, we had a DJ, like we make a, have somebody to make a beat on a little Dr. Rhythm or something, record that with, with scratching samples over it. And then we just like multiple record on the same tape. Like we do vocals on top of that and then vocals, you know, whatever on top of that. And we had these hissy ass demos and shit. And, and then after that, that went on for a few years and, then we started recording stuff at uh, this this spot called the Onion Lab in in Berkeley for like you know it was a four track studio and they had samplers in there and you know I'm, there's a lot in there that it's hard for me to remember but then, then we started making four track demos and I got really good at mixing the four track demos and stuff yeah. and along that whole time I just kept getting better at making beats like Dell was showing me how to make beats and um, would let me use his SP12 and just like mess with it and then. Ice Cube ended up buying him an EPS, so we had we could we didn't have to go to the studio in a in a four track, and we didn't have to go to the studio on Berkeley no more. We was just at Dell House from then on. Just like I would just like be like stuck in his room just trying to make shit all the time. We're gonna uh, take a break. We're gonna go into some some more music, and we'll be back with A Plus. This is Ariano, Popular Nobody Podcast Three. Daddy, what's up? What y'all know about E Forty? Sitting up here marinating, just you know, tripping off how this life is. Man. Big ups to the trip. Bay Area. Welcome to Popular Nobody. Just you know, some old crazy, you know, some, some my feelings, you know. Let me hear it. Let's go. Why was I born in these trifling ass times? Why is it mandatory that I carry mine? Don't be too little, cause see white folks get jacked too. Doctors, high class lawyers, and even Japs too. You ask me why I speak the real the way I feel. How come we call bitches hoes and y'all call us niggeros? They wanna do me like they did stacks. What is this young black man doing with all the scratch? I see some timers on the Yale track, reading their mail, talking about I got white girl for but they ain't talking to me cause see I'm an OD and they knows that I used to be just like them, I tell them I say y'all get that scratch Magazine was never nothing like Bel Air High speed shootouts and shit, but I loved it there 40 where you been player, it's been a while Marinating, accumulating paper pal Y'all kinda doing it huh, you still grinding? Hell yeah, you know them tapes you keep rewinding Money ain't changed me, money changed the way people think about me When I was broke all I had was my family you know what kills me though? Them fucking obstacles. I hate when blacks be climbing blacks on all these talk shows. It's bad enough we shooting up each other tragically. Two days ago they found some brother smothered badly. Nobody's to be trusted in this day and age. Too much jealousy and envy on the wrong page. And fuck the popos cause that 39% tax I pay. Don't get me Nathan but a choco and some pepper spray. Still going on. So is that what they do? Still it's bad. bad. It's crazy out there, huh? It's all bad. Talk, talk. Is it gonna be like this when I grow up? It's all bad. Daddy, sprinkle me with some more game. Our Father who art in heaven, how would be thy name, thy kingdom come? That's the prayer that I say, so spread the word. And if you're feeling down and out, read Proverbs. You know what, I've been tweaking off something strange. Starting to see a lot of women's at the shooting range. Domestic violence, but here's a no ghetto myth. My partner's up, he's got her boyfriend with some hot grits. 
I'm from the G-E-double-T-T to the O now. Well, only few dead ago. I spit game like a soldier. Tongue foos, I told you this. The rap keep it giant. Six years old, vocalist. You don't want to see me. Do it like I do that. All up in your talking face. I tell much more space. Like, y'all be get up on it. The game is way too deep. I'm not your average I be creeping while I sleep. Game. Straight game. Get up on it. Straight game. It's all bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. One of the first and the best to ever do it. Didn't wait on anybody or anything. Set up his own business model. E40. Yay, area representative. Let's get back to this interview, y'all. Welcome to Popular Nobody. And we are back. My name is Ariano, Popular Nobody Podcast, Episode 3. We are with A+. Before we, before we left, we were kind of talking about, you, you know, the, your evolution of, of, you know, production and, and, you know, some of the demo processes and, and things like that. What, um, when did you guys know that this was a real opportunity that this could be something real for you you know more than just um i mean obviously it sounds like you were driven at an early age and you knew what you wanted to do but when when did you feel like it it could be real for you um when i when i really felt like it was it was like really real and not just a dream like oh this could actually it's going down it's finally going to happen uh, we had had like you know we, we created a name for ourselves out here in, in, in the um the underground scene and uh we had a lot of bad deals come our way like really just shitty crappy deals real real independent local stuff and um and that was whatever and then uh when Dell's deal finally came through you know Ice Cube ended up leaving NWA created his label Street Knowledge Records and um and he came and signed he you know he came and signed Dell and then he got Dell a deal with with uh, Lecture Records um and we were like, oh my gosh, this is a, this is ridiculous, man, you know. Um, and were then, you guys uh, already hieroglyphic? Were, were you guys already a crew as hieroglyphics and Souls of Mischief at that point? Um, we weren't Souls of Mischief yet. We weren't called okay. Souls of Mischief yet. Uh, we were called around that time, like right before Dell's album came out, you know, maybe like a year before we uh, started being hieroglyphics like officially and kind of right. started locking in, locking in the ranks. Cause there was a lot of people involved um, to, to, you know, higher or lesser degrees at that time. But it just really got, got really serious for certain people and not so serious for others. And um, you know, when, when it got really, when, when Dell was, when it was going down for Dell, he just, we just kind of all just kind of closed the ranks, you know? And um, what, what happened was uh, Dell had an opportunity to put us on a song on a B-side of one of his singles. And um, he was just some, it was something he insisted on. And <clears throat> basically he was like, this is, this is what I can do for y'all. This is y'all opportunity. So, you know, because it wasn't like he was running the show over at, at Street Knowledge. I mean, he was, he was, you know, doing his thing and, and, and everything, but he wasn't like... He couldn't just be like, put my friends on this and have us all over the record. And you so know, what there was none the of us. Side four. 
the B side, I believe it was for Mr. Dabalina, and it was called, and the song was called Burnt, and it had um, Casual, myself, uh, Tajay, and Opie on it, as well as Dell. And then you know that you know back at that time a down the line song for Posse was just like mandatory. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. if you were a crew, if you were a crew, that down the line song was was a big deal. And also B sides were a big deal at that time too, especially for progressive hip hop. And um, so he was like, "This is your this is your chance." And I remember we were actually in high school at the time, and we had to get permission from our parents to to record overnight in in a studio in Richmond. And we like packed our clothes for school the next day and went straight to school from the studio. It was like really some weird stuff for us at the time. Like, you know, I think, I think like, you know, if you, it was crazy anyway. It, it well, especially at that, that time because not everybody's like these days, everybody's a rapper. <laughs> everybody's yeah. going to the studio. At that time, I'm sure it, it I'm sure it's, it's obviously. Oh, you was a weirdo. Feeling. Yeah. You was yeah. a weirdo back then if you were going to the studio. People would laugh at you and be like, ah, oh, you rappers, you're going to waste your life away. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that really was the, the air at the time. It wasn't like everybody's a rapper now. And people would make fun of you for being a rapper back then. Um, even unless you was like super dope, you know. And even if you were super dope, there were still people that was like, you might be dope, but you're wasting your life away because nobody believed nothing yeah. could happen from it back then. It was just wasn't popular to be a rapper at all. And um, so, yeah, we spent the night at the studio. We made the song Burnt. When it came out, it really got, it really took off. You know, people were like, oh, who are these guys, you know? And um, so the A&R label started, and Dale's album did well, too. So A&R started being like, well, Dale, who, is your, who are your friends? And then he was like, well, uh, this is your chance. And at some point, there's some A&Rs coming to town. And, um, you know, this is a long story, but... We, no, we ended up making making these demos, and we just really put our nose into these demos, and we did like two rounds of demos for these companies that were into us, and that led into like label label bidding wars and stuff like that. Like you know, just kind of all happened really fast after that. Um, and you know, next thing you know, we were making that making a record. and as a as a you know as a fan as you know somebody who. I remember very vividly um, about, you know, when the Dell album dropped. Um, at the time, Ice Cube, uh, what he still is, you know, was just, I think at that time he probably was my favorite rapper. I mean, yeah, he was that dude at that time. Dude. He was killing I mean, it. <laughs> bro, and just the, the balance between just the so-called street shit with consciousness and, I mean, Surging's production. On, on those albums, man, and just, you know, I think, which, which, which album is Steady Mother? Um, so, uh, that's uh, the second one. The second yeah, album. Yeah, that's like my, I think that's death my favorite. Death Certificate. Yeah, and yeah, it's, um, I mean, but, but those just, first two. But, dude, but, but like what was so dope was also, you know, me being from SoCal, but my dad, you know, being born in Oakland, and, and a lot of his family, a lot of my family being in the day, I always felt like with the hip hop that had come out to that point, we, we hadn't seen different sides, you know, of the culture. We hadn't seen the Bay, the only Bay Area side, you know, at least from the outside perspective was like too short, you know, and, 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 and think, you know, an E40 and things like that. And then, so it was just so dope and it was surprising that Ice 
you put out an artist like Dell because he was so different. But if my point is, is if you had been to the Bay and you had any roots or connection there, like you, it totally made sense to me because you guys embodied the Bay, which is, in my opinion, a little bit of everything. So many different influences where most of the movements have started, you know, and. So it was, it was just dope, man, as a fan, dude, when you guys came out, it was refreshing and it was new. And especially for the West Coast, I feel like you guys helped show a balance, you know, of, of what, of what the West man, was. It wasn't, it wasn't just Ice Cube and it wasn't just too short. And, and you know, and, and at the time, not to keep going, but it was like, they tried to call it backpack or maybe it was, uh, it's more maybe it's more East Coast type, but, but for me it was just like a, a real reflection of the Bay, you know. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I agree, man. And, and the thing about that, what happened was, it was first of all when um, NWA and them blew, blew up. You know, the time we're talking about, like a lot happened in a, in a very short amount of time. You know, NWA came out, and there was this uh, this um, this industry label. Gangster West Coast Gold Rush, you know, all yeah. the labels saw how much money was being made off of this, and they came out here and tried to sign up anything. I mean, they didn't know nothing about it, um, mm -hmm. but they came out here and tried to sign up anything going, and they got a lot of good stuff. But what I'm saying is, what, what it made the rest of the world think is that that's what West Coast hip hop was, and, and that's it. And, and and even though that is an aspect of, of West Coast hip hop, and the, the probably the first one really fully put out there to the rest of hip-hop listeners in the world um there's a lot more going on here i mean you know just, just how, that's how our culture yeah. is anyway it's not just one way just like how you just said so you know um i guess we we came in we were around the time and we're not the only group that were on we're on that but like you know for representing you us, far side i mean well, yeah know, us I, far side you know freestyle fellowship yeah. you know there's, there's always been a lot going on out here it was just never shown and and you, um, you know the, the the world just really thought that that's all it was out here because that's all they were hearing from what the labels were putting out, and you know two uh, putting Dell out and then you know some other some other groups too, but that really that really showed that we had other stuff. And, and what's funny about well, that and, is you what Q, 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 real quick, it's one thing to like put out your cousin, but that's that's but it's another thing for him to be dope and for his crew to be dope <laughs> because <laughs> if not, it's just you trying to like show your cousin love, you know. So it was, yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty trippy, and, and Cube was like, his thing was, like he was like, they're gonna be my my digital underground. Like that was that was his template kind of, because mm -hmm. Dale was already on some funk shit. Like that was his that's been Dale thing. You know, he's always been a he's just that he's the funk dude. He always been like that, and um, Cube was really like, you know, this is gonna be my you gonna be my digital underground. So it, and digital underground's from the bay. So that's just. That's just trippy in itself, and you know that goes to show too that you you could tell the difference between and I and I love both of all of Dell's albums, uh, but um just just for conversation you could tell the difference between his first and his second albums. Like his first one was you know like the uh, Wish My Brother George was here, and the second one he had a lot more control over, and it was you know more he was flowing more like you know extra, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit more a little bit more like Dell Dell. You know, psych psychedelic flow. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. 
and he had more control over his over the music and it, it had you know noticeably a more of a what would we call a, a hieroglyphic sound now you know but uh yeah it was it was, it was trippy and it, and it was a big deal for out here in the bay you know because we had a scene out here and we had a but you know it was a scene that all the people into hip-hop there's other crews out here like board stiff and all of that and we all knew each other and there wasn't really too many places to go so we'd all see each other at any hip-hop events out here and it was just like the, the small club was getting bigger you know was, we'd have successful events and we were just kind of like the first group out of here on that vein of hip-hop bay area hip-hop to get some exposure and it was like you know it was a big deal for for, for everybody that had been down doing it before that out here uh, it was it was, a, it was a trippy time when i think about it but yeah man it's it it been a trip that is awesome man we are going to come back more with a plus and we are going to talk about something called 93 till we will be back this is popular nobody podcast episode three let's keep it in the bay area this is an artist by the name of Mystic. Welcome to Popular Nobody. This song could come out right now, still be relevant. Timeless music, no gimmicks, no genres. What's up, everybody? My name is Sage. You're listening to Popular Nobody, and these are my songs of the week. Who does see the twisted shadows fall and capture in minds? Well, here's a youth call from my black niggas to suburban kids. I know this world weighs heavy on your low set lids. This is for dark nights and sharp blades. For mountains of pain in your tear-stained face. This is for every time they beat you, every time they lied, every time you suffered, every time you cried. This is for broken dreams, shattered with precision, misunderstood visions, lives christened in prison. Dismiss them. You were never meant to understand. Tag on every wall and kiss the sky when you can. Fan formation. Work them. They'll trace the outline of your soul when you desert them. Cause they don't know the trouble that you've seen. Who cares tonight? Life is gonna be
feeling used and abused quite confused it's really all about you and the way you want to move those changes seem to bind you let me remind you the powers in the people every moment's perfect timing you visualize death now visualize your life you looked into the dark now look into the light look into the light because they don't know the trouble that you've seen and who cares tonight life is about to be track 93 till and um and how you know before we talk about the impact of that just talk about how you made the track and, and what the process of that was um okay the, um first off i want to say <clears throat> well one way i used to uh dig for samples back in the day is you know i bought every hip-hop album that came out i was just that dude i bought i went to the store every tuesday and would see what was out. And um and I would read the sample credits. Like because you had to, you know, if somebody sample somebody, you had to clear them because people get sued out the ass um back at that time. So you really had to give a big skrill, a big part of your budget to clear samples if you were a sampler. Or if your group used samples in their beats or whatever. So um I I I saw that on on, on a Step in the Arena album. You know, I looked through all the premiere samples. I saw, you know, he had the Billy Cobham Cross, uh, Crosswinds album sample for another song. I can't remember the name of the song that he sampled for for uh, Gangstar, but um, damn, I, I can remember if I really sat and thought. But um, so I went to the, you know, I kept it in my mind. If that album ever pops up, I'm gonna buy it immediately. Um, I felt like I was kind of ahead of the game for, for where I was at at the time. I didn't tell nobody I did that, but I used to always come up with the sickest samples before doing that for quite a few years. Just in, just in the, you know, around the people I was around. 
But um, mm-hmm. so I went. I, I found the album in like the dollar bin, dude, for like ninety nine cents. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm gonna check this shit out. And I had some other Billy Cobham albums, and you know, I was kind of judging, like, you know, I never heard this one. It's a little later. Blah blah blah. It might be, you know, there's a certain time when certain certain artists started having a different sound than what you wanted to sample. But blah blah blah. So I took it. So anyway, we were working on 93 Till, the album. And we were, we hadn't called it 93 Till yet, but we were going to the studio out in High Street. We'd go in there like in the morning to around noon, and then we'd leave, and I would come home and make beats. And I'd go to, go the next morning, go to the studio. We had been working on the album, we were like more than halfway done with it, and, uh, and I was like, I just, I'm just gonna, I, I was, ma- went home, started making some beats, I put on that album, and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe nobody had sampled this ever. And I used to sample on 45, because I didn't have a lot of sample time. So I would play my records on 45 as a habit, and then of course I would slow them down and listen to them for real, but I would play them first on 45. And I put that one on, and I was like, oh, this is ridiculous, I'm just gonna make a beat out of it. I made the beat out of it, I liked it, I was like, oh, this is dope. I wasn't really like, oh my god, I found something, it wasn't even like that. Um, I, I, uh, for some reason, you know, I used to always hook up with Pep, I don't know if we were, if we were living together at the time, or if we just lived around the corner and when we hooked up for the studio, it's hard for me to remember. But I remember playing him the beat and being like, this would be dope for you, you would kill this, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, word, thanks, mm-hmm. that's dope. And then we went to the studio and stuff. And um, and then um, I guess we were at were the you studio. Guys, were you guys already a crew? I mean, were you guys already souls of mischief at this point? Yeah, we were souls of mischief at this point. Um, Dante Ross, he wanted to sign us, but uh, he was one of the, the, the uh, people who wanted to sign us. And he was like, I really hella recommend you guys change your name. And we had a like an older, older school name, you know what I'm saying? And it was it was basically we had the name from from when it was just me and Tajay, and then I got Opio into the group, and then and we still had the same name, and then I got Festo into the group, and we still had the same name, and but we were all the members of Soul's Mission at that time, but the uh, the the name Dante was like y'all got to change that shit, it's just like it's not gonna work. And we were like, damn. So I, then I came up with the name Souls of Mission. We, I mean, we we brainstormed for a long time trying to come up with a name. I I, I came up with Souls of Mission one day, and then that was it. And it was with a Z at first. And then we took the Z out. <laughs> so no, at the time, so, <laughs> we, no, we 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 took the, the Z time, out before <laughs> before we came out. <laughs> is is at the time Dell is out? You guys are on the B side. And things are moving for him while you're while you're uh, working on 93 Till. Nah, we weren't even working on 93 Till yet. When we were working on 93 Till, he was working on No Need for Alarm. Okay. So that's how much that's how much time had passed. Like us getting our demos together and 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 getting the deal and you know the months and months it took to, to negotiate the shit. Um, that's what was happening for us, and Dale was like touring and you know out with Cube and just doing that, doing that shit. You know, he actually he actually flew me and Opio out to to Chicago while we were in high school for the Davalina video, just just to have some homies in it. You know what I'm saying? Well, that must have been um, I mean motivation for you, man. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Oh my, my God! Are you kidding me? You know, I was like, I mean, man, my soul was aching, bro. Like I was like, we so close. 
like after all these years, like we just fucking close, you know what I mean? And we'd be around Dale and everybody would be like, oh, Dale. And he'd be like, these my homeboys. She'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, Dale, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, I'm so close. I can't wait. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I cannot wait. It was so crazy. But, um, but yeah, I had, um, I gave the beat to Pep and we was in the studio. And at the end of the studio, Matt Kelly, our engineer, he told us that we, you know, we finished ahead of schedule. We had a few more hours and a little bit of space on the reel that was up if anybody had a beat. And so I was like, you know, I got some beats, man, but, you know, I, yeah, I, gave, I got this one that's kind of dope. I gave it to Pep, but, and I got some other shit too. And then I, you know, I played some beats and I played 93 Till and they were like, everybody was like, yo, what the fuck, dude, you got to take that shit back from Pep immediately you know <laughs> and i was like and it really got it was really a thing they were like dude you can't just be giving away beats while we're working on our first album blah 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 and it actually started a rule to where if we working on an album i gotta play whatever beats i'm making to the group first it was like never no rule before that and i was like okay all right you know what i'm saying and so i kind of i took the beat back from pep but he is like he never really done anything with it. It was only like a day or something. Well, it wasn't really... a big song, you know what I mean? It, at that time, nah. it was probably like, huh, okay. Yeah, he, he was like, no Keep problem. Like, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He was like, I ain't, even, I ain't even had a copy of it to sit down and play it to get to like it. So, whatever. Huh. And then we recorded the song. And I remember we had, a, um, we had a song called 91 Till Infinity that we were working on in 91. And I made oh, a wow. of that. Yeah, it was like a whole different whole different beat it was a more of like a uh i still remember the sample um it had a crusader sample now was that was that your concept of the 91 till the 93 yeah absolutely absolutely and where did like that I, come about that i mean it's, 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 it's like word sound power by you saying that it became you know, it's, it's, I mean, I, it's still I, was out the, there. I, I was the idea, I was the idea dude for the click. I don't even know. I was just, oh, my brain was always working. I was like, we gonna do a song called this and here's the beat. We gonna do a song called that and here's the beat. You know what I'm saying? We gonna grab this beat and make this song over it. And I was just, you know, I was just a kid just thinking of shit, you know? I was like, we gonna rock forever. 96. And I think 91 till infinity was more like a friendship song. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, it's like, we gonna be friends forever shit like that it was kind of like had this somber piano that was really up 93 felt like you guys had good tree in the air you guys were oh really there, was, there was definitely good tree in the air <laughs> it was definitely a little older and you know you know just ready to see the world <laughs> yeah i mean that that beat was just like it just there was nothing else to talk about on it but fun you know it just felt yeah. fun you know like we kicking it like and we really was just chilling and and after we made the song and, and all of that we was like yeah okay let's do 93 till infinity because everybody had remembered the song 91 until infinity that we never recorded and did that ever come know, out nah we it never got recorded it was just a beat i had um i, I remember I, I had written a rap i think i think press wasn't even in the group yet i think tasha might have had a rap or, or something but it just one of them songs that just never came to fruition and I just kind of, I rehashed the idea. Like just, like, hey, what about 93 till infinity? Remember that one, 91 till infinity? They was like, oh yeah, let's do that. And after we made the song, when it was done and we played it, then we were like, oh shit, I think we might, we might, you know, this, might, this could be one of them ones, you know? And that was that. And the funniest thing about it too is that our label was hella hype on 
on cab fare coming out. And when the sample didn't get cleared, they were hella disappointed. And then when they heard 90 feet till infinity, they wasn't disappointed no more. It was kind of like, okay, y'all replaced cab fare. We're happy with you guys again. It was <laughs> some real label shit. <laughs> now, real quick, I don't know if you, if you were, were hinting at this. Now, did you mess with that record because you saw that it had already gotten cleared on the, that primo had gotten cleared were you thinking like okay well this is something that i could possibly get cleared type of thing nah nah i wasn't okay. thinking that far okay. i wasn't thinking that far ahead uh i can't say that that didn't cross my mind but my main motivation was that primo sample dope shit you know, everything he sampled was dope. Gangstar was one of my favorite groups at the time. I was an up-and-coming producer, um, and I felt like I was ahead of the game, like looking out, looking for samples by looking at seeing who cleared what. And I just found one. You know, and the, another thing is, another thing is, is I found I, I learned about artists that I would I didn't know about. You know, and whole I bought whole catalogs. Man, me that, too. Yeah. Why? Man, yeah. just, uh, the credits, man. I, I don't know if this is just a, a high thought or whatever, but I don't know why. You know, we have. There's not a tab that drops down on any of these music. Whether ridiculous, streaming, right? right? A, a digital credit tab. You hit the button, and the credits come down. I mean, it's really simple. I, I don't. I don't understand like why that's not there. Because to me, that helps me put pieces together of music a of who was working where they recorded who played bass I, we grew up knowing who played bass on records exactly you know bruh so, every, yeah, every instrument you know who did the, the tambourine you would know who did the tambourine yeah. on a great slick song you know what I'm saying yeah. crazy yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, did, I, uh, I, I miss that too make a digital credit <laughs> I don't know the language but with I mean if we can uh, create all this other shit we can uh, let people know the credits. It's it's really simple. Um, it's crazy. It's like microwave yeah. culture. It's almost like people don't even want to know how it happens. It's like you, like you know, this yeah. amazing, yeah, amazing yeah. things you find out in the credits. And we grew up watching you know them shit. But you, that, you know what? That's why uh, hopefully you know doing things like this, uh, we can help blend the stories. Um, let's uh, let's go into '93 till. Um, I want everybody to turn this up, and we are going to come back um, with A+. Plus. This is Popular Nobody, Episode 3. Hieroglyphics, Souls of Mischief. What's up, everybody? My name is Sage. You're listening to Popular Nobody. It's a feeling. And these are my songs. You know, we're just maxing in the studio. We're hailing from East Oakland, California, and um, sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, you know, we're going to up you on how we just chill.
I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to Popular Nobody. Once again, we got A+. My name is Ariano. Let's get back into it. Welcome to Popular Nobody. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with A+. Um, tell me... Uh, you know, I, I, I complete. I think some of the most powerful songs are just when you're just making them, and you're, you're not, you know, you know. In that story, you talk when, when you talk about making the song. There's no references of like, I, yeah, man, this one's gonna make us famous. It's just like you're just making songs and not know. You know, the unknown to me is what's special. Um, was it like a slow burn on that song when, when, when it was complete and you turn it into the, um, where you guys signed at that point? Who gets that record when it, you know, after it's done? What's the process with that? Um, you mean the, the album 93 Till Infinity? Yes. Uh, well, you know, we, uh, we recorded it out here. We finished recording it out here at Hyde Street Studios in, in Frisco. Um, we mixed it at uh, Battery Studios in in New York, which was owned by Jive. You know, so they had a spend in the but I mean it was a dope studio. Don't get me wrong, but it was just a trip that we ended up mixing and giving the money right back to them. It's just funny when I think about it. But um, <laughs> um, and they yeah they even charged us for the fruit on the table, bro. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, so we we mixed it there and we had. Bob Powers mastered, I think. I believe. Dope. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to um, be wrong about that, and I should know that, but it was so long ago. But um, yeah, and after that, you know, the label got it. They did the setup. They had these super high hopes, and they really kind of screwed it up. And I'm not saying that because that's what artists say. We had people at like people loved us up at the label. You know, they was like, oh, these kids, all this energy, or you know, just and you know, with West Coast kids out there, it's a brand new thing. You know. It was just hella intriguing to East Coast people to meet West Coast people like us. It was just a trip because we were so West Coast and stuff, but it was like, anyway, they loved us up at the label. So when shit went bad, there was people at the label like, yo, man, they are up here fucking y'all shit up and there's nothing I can do about it. I just want to let y'all know that like, you know, we're sorry and on behalf of what's going on on here. There was just like so many major balls dropped in the, in the release of our album and it still did really well. But it was supposed to be a lot better. Did the single come out before that? You know, to be quite honest with you, there, so much shit went wrong. I can, I know there was wrongs, there was problems with the singles and the timing, and there was wrongs with the press and the timing. The first like hundred thousand copies of our album or something like that had come all kind of misprints on them, like the uh, like side A and side B had the same song listing, and our our our. Our thanks were all mixed up. It, it was oh, so crazy. Shit. It looked like the first person I thanked was Dinko D. It was just some crazy shit. They just completely <laughs> just. I mean, it was a shit show. I, mean, I I couldn't even tell you everything that went wrong. It was. A well, what was the reception from 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 fans from the from people on people people on, loved uh, our shit. Album. People loved that shit. Um, Tribe Called Quest and and De La Soul picked us to go on tour with them, and the label at first said no. Which was crazy. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah, that's a little known fact. The label at first said no, and Q-Tip and Daylight and them and, and Tribe can vouch for that. The label at first was like no, and then finally it was like I think Q-Tip and them raised the fuss for us. You know what I'm saying? And ended up we ended up going on tour with them at a because they requested us. You know, like people was loving our shit. Which fit? For, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it was crazy. I, it was like it was like a fucking dream. It was it was a trip, and it um it's just really a. I think I put a lot of the stuff out of my head as far as like what went bad with the label. But it was a complete shit show, bro. It completely dropping of the ball, and almost it it was so bad that we would like think that it was sabotage. It was so much shit going wrong. It was crazy. But what about you know what? Um, and I'm sure you could go on about that. What about? The people's response, though, and 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 like as far as like when that's you know when when ninety three till you know comes on. Oh my gosh, dude! So was that like was that? Because now, okay, what I'm trying to say is like so now that song comes on. I don't care if you're in Europe. I don't care if you're in Brooklyn. I don't care where you're at. That is one of those songs that um, even the younger generation they get a feeling for it. So was that something that was like, did that happen on at the first show? Was that like after the tour, after the video? Like when did that that start becoming that? You know, that it that's just, it was instant, bro. That's that shit happened immediate, immediately. Like uh, there was a there was a time when we were really young and green in our career, and we wanted to do newer songs and. There's even like something going on in the souls. I was never a part of it, to be honest, but about like not doing souls, not doing 93 Hill no more at the shows because people just got kept, we almost got like tired of it. Like, oh my God, did you hear any of the other songs? Like, just on some dumb kid shit, bro. You got to remember, we was saying. Now y'all are saying, yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. Now, now y'all are like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then okay. there was a couple, a couple times we tried to do the remix instead of the original and people were like, disappointed <laughs> they're like your show is dope but I mean, you got to do that song and then we, yeah. after that we just always do it and now we love doing it but um i mean and have for a long time but it just back then on some real stupid kids stuff i'm, I'm <laughs> almost kind of ashamed when i think about it but i'm not ashamed of the fact that i wasn't really agreed to it because i made the beat so i was kind of biased i was like we should always do it <laughs> but well when you're young you don't realize that the music has longer has is, is is will live longer than you, <laughs> you know. So you're yeah. You're there's the no moment, way to tell. You know? <laughs> there, there's yeah. no way to tell. I mean, we yeah. at, at that point in time, it's not even the kind of thing to think about. Like, what are your what is your shows? Your fan base gonna look like in 20 years? It's just like exactly. in, in, inconceivable for a kid that age to even have that much foresight. It, it, we were just in the moment and just like having fun with it and we were thinking about the next year and the next record for a minute and that really didn't change until we went independent when we started hieroglyphic comparing when we really started like you know i think it was the business of it all really started making us think about actually think about longevity you know well check it out that's um that's that's a perfect segue we're gonna uh we're gonna go into some more music popular nobody episode three and we're going to come back and we're going to wrap up the show and we're going to talk about uh the transition of going independent and you know catching up on where you are now this is popular nobody let's keep it going let's see who knows about some classic bay area hip-hop this is mac mall my opinion 
popular than nobody. Let's go. Welcome to the back. We're going to get back to our interview with A-plus, a soldier mischief, hieroglyphics, Bay Area representative. Let's go. Yeah. 
And we are back. Episode three. We are with A plus. Um, right before we, we ended the last segment, you were talking about um, going independent. Um, how many projects did you put out and what was the timing around when you guys made that transition? Um, Souls of Mischief had put out um, an album in 1993 and an album in 1994 or like around there. We put out two projects with Drive Records. Cash put out one album, Fear Itself, with Drive Records, and Dale put out two records with Elektra, um, my, Wish My Brother George Was Here, and No Need for Alarm. And <clears throat> there was a shift in the industry around the time. And it, it you know, long story short, like, uh, Jive tur- turned into a pop label, and they told us, they were yeah. like, you know, we're, we're shaving the, the, the whole hip hop thing, we're gonna keep a couple people, like Too Short, you know, UTK, and, and some other people, but we're, we're gonna completely shave and turn, uh, kind of shift our paradigm to a pop label. And then they were like, well, now you guys have to do some pop stuff. And they, um, their example was, like, at the time, um, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince had Boom Boom Shake the Room. And mm-hmm. that, that, they were like, you gotta make some stuff like that, or else we not rocking with y'all. And we were like, no, we're not gonna do that. They was like, well, we'll shelf you if you don't. We were like, we'll shelf us then. And then we, that's when we made our second album. And then subsequently, everybody got dropped from their labels. But to, to, to really add on to the Souls of Mischief point, we had been asking to leave. We was like, yo, you know, you know we make hip hop. You know that's what we do. Now you're asking us not to do that. We delivered a dope album that you guys screwed up, and now you're asking us to be pop artists, and that's not what we do. And no. you know, there's, there, we can't win here. Why don't you just let us go? You know, and they just they didn't. And then they they tried to shelf our second album, which still did well. Did it, it didn't get? It wasn't as critically received as the first one, but it but still it did, did well. Out. Okay, but they did allow it to come out. Yeah, they did allow it to come out with like no promotion and. And we had one video, no promotion, and that was it. Like, they really did kind of shelf, tried to shelf us. Um, so, and they finally let us go for after a long time. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we got the facts to let us go on April 1st, which is, I think, <laughs> really crazy. <laughs> well, well, back in the day, that can be, that can be, you know, that can be mm-hmm. sometimes worse than being shelved because they basically try and put you out there so the next time you get a deal, your numbers are off. You know, yeah, you so know what's like, funny. You know, like you know a, what's it's funny. Like a fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And <sighs> and people don't know. Like back then, when you got dropped from a label, you you like the, the the sense was that your career was over. That's how the mm-hmm. world looked at you. It was like yeah, going independent after that was a, was a graveyard back yes. then. You yeah. know, people were like, it's over for you. People wouldn't take you serious. You couldn't get the same doors open. And and actually, we had some offers from some majors still after we left Jive. Because they kind of knew that Jive fucked us, you know. But um, mm-hmm. but we were like so disgusted with the process that we were like, nah, we're we're done. Like, this, what can we do? And uh, we had always had a, a a thought to one day do a Hyro Crew album after everybody got solo stuff out. But it, it kind of got fast forwarded, and Domino was like, man, let's just start our own company. And we were like, okay. And Domino really scared. Who would you guys home. look to as an example? Like, you know, like. We didn't have one. We we didn't have one. We did not even. We did not have no example. This is before atmosphere, right? This is before uh, rhymes, right? This is before tech nine. 
you know. Um, yeah. And this yeah, is what on, maybe boot camp clips. Maybe boot camp yeah, clips would be like the only. Yeah, I don't even think Bootcamp Clip was a label was a label yet at that point. I think you're right. But, yeah, but, they were still. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But what, when we started making the label, this was it was '95, and and even though these some of these labels might have been out, they weren't on our radar as labels that was out to look for 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 um for to, as a template. Like we didn't. Yeah. So I'm not saying that they weren't already in operation, but when we were doing our thing, we didn't. We were strictly just do on the fly completely. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I, uh, Domino spearheaded the whole thing and we were just all down with it, formed the LLC. Um, so. our, our attorney at the time, Michael Ashburn, like took care of all of that. Um, our engineer, Matt Kelly, uh, comped a bunch of studio time for us because we didn't really have a bread to do it. So, yeah, we just went in indie and then the album took off, man. The album went and we started. I thought like you guys got bigger <laughs> independently. And Absolutely. Or, or, or you solidified your heart. You, you, but you, um, you like sifted through all like the uh, the fans that you might get with big marketing, and like what was left was your core audience. You know. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I got to add on to that too is that we were the the absolute first group with a, with a website selling merch, and that was like because we had this um wow. we had this one super techie fan named Stinky, shout out Stinky, and um, he just, on his own, he was like a super tech dude back in like 94 or 95, and he started a, a website on his own, like a high road website, and, and Tajay, and, and remember, people didn't have the internet back then, only colleges, at this yeah, point, I no, one, no, one had, no one had, in, no one did, they didn't have internet service in people's houses yet, like the only people who, who really had it was, um, on a large level was colleges. So people that co in college was were, were privy mm -hmm. to the internet. Tajay was in college at the time and he found this site. I don't remember exactly how. He just searched hieroglyphics or whatever. Um, so he, we made the site, he hooked up with him, we made the site official and we started reaching out to our fans that way. Now as the internet, the, the presence of people on the internet started growing, we were right there with it. So that was like, we were direct to, to our market at the time. We made a yeah. lot of money off the internet Man. and we got we got our distribution deals that way and and it just kind of took off from there and you know well, it's um, before and it's before the crash right so like when yeah, like yeah way before the end the, ind the independent dough i mean because like you know uh we, we had started a label called technicality sound and uh you know you know, we definitely paid attention to you guys and, and, and other heads and man like that independent those independent checks were crazy Oh my like goodness, bro! If you like sold, if million, you sold, millions of dollars, literally, yeah, bro. You sell like, twenty thousand independently, bro. It's like, and then you're touring, man. It's like fuck a major, you know. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's another thing too. Yeah. Like, well, we we hooked up with Peter Schwartz at the time, and um, it just every it was like lightning in the bottle for the for the independent thing because we started we started booking tours, and he made this new routing, which is like the regular routing now, but back then. Uh, none of those venues had had been messing with hip hop at all, and they had just kind of opened their doors to independent hip hop. And now, what route? First, is, what route was that? I mean, the the, um, the nationwide route that ended up being the route that every other rapper in the rapper t took, <laughs> and Duh. it's still kind of there, but it's like you know, it's a little bit different now because it kind of mm -hmm. got burnt out. But um, the, uh, Peter <laughs> yeah. Peter Swartz from <laughs> P yeah, you know what I mean, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's like. <laughs> 
It, yeah, that shit got did that shit got turned. But like when we were first doing them tours back then, this was it was brand new water. A lot of these venues were taking their first chance on hip hop. Most of them was all like punk and rock clubs, and um, yeah. and, and and those tours were extremely successful, you know. And it was it was a trip that how a lot of like first time stuff lined up. I remember um when we were touring, we took like Living Legends on their first tour. Like they were like bubbling out here. Yeah. And we basically introduced them to our audience. And shout out to Living Legends and them all my folks. But yeah, they yeah. they went on tour with us, and then it was and it was off to the races after that. You feel me? Yeah, they're like well, they're like a tree from. I mean, they're like a you know branch from your guys' tree for sure. Yeah, love them dudes, man. Love them. Yeah, but yeah it was it was pretty crazy. So yeah, the the, the, the independent shit until the crash. You know, um, yeah, that was good, man. And then you know now it's now it's just that. Uh, they had that industry scramble where now it's all 360 deals for the major artists. And, you know, you got you to gotta really grind hard if you're indie. You got you to do it. Yeah, and well, what's great, I mean, and I'm, you know, obviously it's work. Um, it's not like, but, but I think, it's, I think it's, it's super key that, you know, as the industry changes, because things are going to change, the way we consume media changes, is, man, as long as you guys water, you know, your fan base correctly, you guys, I think, are going to be a part of hip-hop forever. You know, I, I really believe that. And it's because... Thank it's, you, my um, brother. Yeah, no, it's, it's the truth. And, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for, for the music that you guys put out, man. Um, what is, uh, you know, years, years later, obviously, you guys are still doing it. I <clears throat> really, I checked out... Um, when did the the last Souls of Mischief project come out? Was that 2015 or 2015? Um, that was 2014. Uh, it's 15 now. It was 2014. Yeah. The um the um there is only now with Adrian Young. Yeah, that was a, awesome. that was a lot. Of, that was a lot of fun album. making that. I learned a lot Great from that album. dude, man. He's amazing. Man, Thank I, you too. Look, Thank you, my man. Yeah, and I saw you, I saw it live in Austin at South by. Um, my director home, he went to high school with Adrian. They're, they're good buddies, and uh, it was uh, some vodka, absolute vodka sponsored thing in Austin. Oh yeah, um, that thing. That was a oh, great yeah. show, man. Great show. That, I think uh, yeah. who who else is playing? I think Ali Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Yeah. Yeah. Was, they had a, they, it had the one that had the outside tent and the, uh, the inside spot as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, free vodka. Yeah, that, <laughs> free vodka. Like, there were so many bottles. I literally took, like, about uh, four of the big bottles home out the back. They just had so many bottles back there. It was crazy. Well, real, quick, real quick, for the, pe for the people that, you know, so people... Or like, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> um, what's dope about what's dope about the project? You know, you guys do with Adrian Young. If you guys, you know, while you're listening to this, Google Adrian Young, man. This dude is like um, the new Quincy Jones. Or, I don't know. I, I hate. Yeah, him, he's he, he, you just he's gotta amazing, check him out. Um, but but the show, even even the detail of the presentation of whenever he's on stage, whether it's with you guys or whatever, but it's just. Uh, he, he creates a vibe to where just that night, if you were there, yes, it was a hip hop, but it was like, it wasn't grown up. It was just fly. It was just fly. It was like his, like the, the stage show, the band, 
in, in just the way he presented that album with you guys. This was like, showed you guys in the light you should be. And it was just fly. It was dope. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. I appreciate yeah. that, man. Thank you. I'm really glad to have been a part of that, man. What was that like? Um, what, what, what was the, the last album you guys had put out as opposed to Mischief before this last one with Adrian Young? Um, it was Montezuma's Revenge, and that was uh, mm. produced by Prince Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that was my a, favorite producer. Oh my goodness. Man, there's a, a story about that. We actually rented a house in the mountains out here and he came and lived with us for like a month. <laughs> and we were kind of, kind of secluded, <laughs> even sequestered, you know, like, uh, it was crazy. So every morning I wake up and, you know, you know, Prince Paul would be there. It was just so crazy, you know, because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan and it's just like, this is crazy, bro. I'm waking up every morning. This, Prince Paul over there eating cereal or reading oh, reading man. a paper or Dude. something. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was like, on, he created he created that world of or helped create that world of daylight grave digger. Those like those two separate <laughs> weird dope worlds. You know, I can only imagine. Uh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> um, man, you know what? Uh, real quick, it's it's 2000. Uh, it's, you know, by the time people hear this, it's 2016. Um, I know that you're more than just those of mischief. I know that you're more than just hieroglyphics. You're your own entity. Obviously, I think, you know, I can't, man, you're a part of that forever. What, what is going on with you guys as a crew and what's going on with, with you as, as a solo artist and as a, a dad and as a person? Oh man, yeah, fatherhood comes first, man. I love, love being a father. That's my dude, my little man. Um, he's, He's playing three instruments. He makes beats. Uh, he's he's ridiculous. Um, he put like he plays the guitar so good. His his, his music teacher is like he's better than me. I, I I just he's just in the class. You know, it's it's really some crazy shit. So I'm proud of him. Um, Hyro is gearing up to to make a um, a Hyro a Hyro record. So nice. that's in the works. We we've been talking about that and bouncing around ideas and processes because we're all, we're all like you know grown. Most of us got kids, and quite a few of us married. So um, you know, it's like gotta gotta really deal with life. We're not spring chickens sitting around like let's make music all day. So we're working, hard to working get three on that. people together for dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, let me check so, my roll of that. Let me check. My I can only imagine. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah, man, we're we're, we're gearing up for that. Um, I'm, I'm working on some stuff with Domino and Dell. Um, so. It's kind of like really in an infant infancy, but that that's gonna be. That's gonna be sometime next year. I just finished up an album with my homeboy Nobody called Growth Theory, and it has a bunch of people on it. It has like Grouch on it, Dell on it, some other people. So that's gonna be a good one. That's coming out early 2016. Um, I have a, 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 you know, I have a project coming out that I'm working on with the one and only Ariano. Oh, <laughs> you know? I was gonna say I heard you got a project with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, <laughs> that's man. Up, you should hear his beats though, bruh. You should hear his son sing, bro. His son, his son gets down. But anyway, that the, the people are gonna hear that one day. Uh, well, real, uh, real come, quick, come, coming up to real, real quick, yeah, real quick, man. I can't wait for people to. I, we're just gonna. I'm gonna say this. I can't wait, you know, for people to hear the collaboration, the collaboration between myself, A plus. I've got my son on there, man. Let's get your son on the project as well, and then we gotta like get your son and my son. I know they met. 
let them produce. My son has been making tracks, and that would be awesome for them to maybe produce a track for the project or something. Man, I don't know. man, yeah, yeah that that'll be awesome. Yeah. You know, the kid, they they are the future, brother. So yeah, let's yeah. make it happen, man. But 2016 yeah. is gonna be this is gonna be a good one. Um, I really feel, uh, you know, I love making music, man, and I'm always gonna do it, and and it's what I enjoy doing, and, and uh, yeah, I'm always gonna make more. And the hieroglyphics, the the the, the brand, the company, the family is is all still in full motion. Um, Hyro, we had our fourth annual Hyro Day, which is a, a holiday in Oakland where we throw a street festival. Um, of course, yeah, your son came down there. It was good to meet him. And um, yeah, we, it, it was uh, successful. Um, How many years in a row? For, for people, yeah, so for people who haven't been to Hyro Day, uh, man, I'm, I'm Sleeping. I have not been to Hyrule Day. I, I will be there next year. How many? What's the turnout now? And like, and what part of the city is it going on? So, well, well, um, we 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 um, the first year we had it uh in downtown Oakland, and the three years after that we had it in West Oakland, kind of around Linden Street Brewery, around Third and Fourth, and over in the West. And um, so, so the so the uh, first three years we didn't charge, and it went from nine thousand to fifteen thousand to twenty five thousand. <laughs> Um, in those three years, and and it got it got really too big. It got too big to throw, so we charged a mere nineteen dollars and ninety three cents last year to get in, mm -hmm. and and it was still wildly successful. It was not as much of a um, potential um, dangerous event because of so many people, and we we built it. We uh, bought out some more space, and it was it was wildly successful. We had three stages, um, artists. I can't even remember how many artists. I, it was a ridiculous amount. But we man, had three yeah, stages. You guys had a lot of. Man, you guys had. Man, you guys had Reese. Man, one of my favorite. Yeah, we man. had Reese. She a was amazing. Album. No one knows oh, about that album. But anyway, something you, started. Oh my goodness! So you're a Reese <laughs> fan too, I see. <laughs> Bro, that first album. Her first album is a classic. But anyways, I will. I digress. But yes, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was awesome, man. And you know, it's it's um. Yeah, I wish that anybody listening, if you could look look at some of the lineups over the, the last four years, you could see what we're talking about. Um, yeah, and it's it just goes to show that you know, um, no matter what's going on in the, in the commercial world, the commercial uh, machine, and I'm I'm the last one to like be a hater and doubt that or or talk any kind of crap about that. But what I'm saying is, there there are other kinds of music out there that people enjoy and want to hear and will come support even if they're not um in that not visibly in the mainstream or in the commercial arena as much and that's what we love about about throwing high road day so much because it's not so much about high Olympics. it's about you know we're one of those groups that we're not on the radio and we're not on you know we're not getting like uh Two million, three million, ten million views on on any videos or anything like that in a week or anything, but people will come out and support us, and there are countless other groups like that, and and we like bringing them all together and um, just showing that that there's an audience for these groups that that aren't as commercially visible, a large audience of of a, every kind of person is is shows up there, you know. Well, every, think, you know the, the demographics are, are ridiculous. It's every age, every shade, every color, every style of person comes out, and they all have a good time. We haven't had one problem all year, and and this is this is a good look for the city of Oakland, which is known as yeah. a really rough city, to where we haven't been able to have public events that don't get shut down because you know it's just like a wild city. 
but just just shows that you know with that vibe with that you know just love and, and, and uh just wanting to have fun and, and and you know enjoy some music we can make it happen if we work together you know and Hyrule Day is symbolic for that so anybody you know check it out look online or whatever it's it's an amazing day. Everybody, the police come there and look at it like a vacation. You know. That's what's up. Well, man, <laughs> straight up. You know, I, I, I you know, I think, um, I think, the groups like you, people like you, um, hopefully show everybody, especially the youngsters, man, that don't chase styles. You know, create your own style. And if it if it happens to become popular, that's great. If it doesn't, you know, still just, you know. It's still, you know, keep your integrity to who you are yeah. because integrity. It's, yeah, yeah, you're, you're always man. Music goes in cycles and it and it goes up and it comes down. But man, you can if you've got a hundred, you know, if you're a young artist out there, if you've got a hundred people that loyally follow you, you can you can turn that hundred people into a career. And some people just if you're willing to have the patience and if you're willing to to hold that integrity and to take the time to to build that audience and turn the four to forty to four thousand and and to go from ninety three to two thousand and sixteen just shows people that man and I, I just want to say thank you to you your crew I appreciate uh, your contribution to to music and uh, man I look forward to to building with you in the future bro thank you my brother thank you for having me and I appreciate you man much love to you and yours. Yes, sir. This is Popular Nobody, Episode 3. We are on the Wake the Flock Up Network. This has been A+. My name is Ariano. We're going to end this song on a high note. Turn your radios up. Turn your phones up. Turn your speakers up. If you're in the train, turn it up. If you're in the car, same thing. This is Popular Nobody. Peace. Once again, thank you, world. Appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to Popular Nobody. My name is Ariano. I want to give a special thanks to Concept 714, the Wake the Flock Up Network, and just to everybody out there working hard, trying to find their way through life. We're going to end this show on a powerful note, as we always do. This is Pusha T, featuring Jill Scott, Sunshine. Let's go. I say, hey, sunshine, oh, how the day can be so long. I say, hey, sunshine, oh, how the day can be so long. America, you need a miracle beyond spiritual. I need a real of you. I hold a mirror to it. These ain't new problems. They just always seen one time turn sunshine into Freddie Gray. Just another nigga dead. Just another nigga dead. Send another to the feds. Send another to the feds. Not guilty. Still I'm filthy. And Fox eyes, we the dark side. So they tell you lies. Through a TV. CNBC. CNN Don Lemon. No quality when you meet me. In order to be me, you gotta see what Chief Keith see. Brenda's baby next door to the candy lady. Same project as Candyman, where they still doing hand in hand. Yeah. Sunday to Sunday. Pastor only want one day. Grandma praying someday. But God can't hear it over gunplay. Woo! Still a target, but the badge is the new news. Yeah, we all see it, but cell phones ain't enough proof. So I we say still lose. Sunshine. 
I don't got no march in me. I can't turn the other cheek. Why they're testing your patience? They just testing my reach. Funeral flowers every 28 hours. Being laid over hours. Sworn to protect the serve, but who really got the power? Looking over their allowances. Building prisons where the mountains is. Laptops is for the county kids. Metal detectors is where ours is. They'll never rewrite this. Like they rewrote history. The fact that the Statue of Liberty was black is a goddamn mystery. And so it goes. Every truth don't get told. All these cops get cleared and lives are stole. Every goose don't lay gold. Whoa. Just another nigga dead. Just another nigga dead. Send another to the feds. Send another to the feds. They calling the National Guard. Public enemy. I am Chuck D. Flavor Flav and Louis V. But I'm Huey P. Woo! The new elite. It's either you or me. Let the sun shine, cause they dark clouds trying to ruin me. It's more than more than more than more than Baltimore. From show to show. Out loud. Patience torn. Patience gone. Oh, love. Just make sure what you create is fly as fuck.